Welcome to the Dental Master Series Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Vandermullen. This podcast is dedicated to helping you become the best version of yourself. Throughout this series, you will have the opportunity to hear and learn from people who have reached high levels of success in life and in dentistry. And these people also genuinely want you to be able to do the same. I'm so honored to have Dr. John Phillips returning as a guest. Uh, If you've been listening to this series, you've heard John several times, and uh, you know it's going to be some great content. John, uh, welcome. Matt, thanks for having me. I'm really, really looking forward to this. So today we're going to be talking about etiquette in terms of how you uh, talk to each other. I just, for those of you who haven't heard um, uh, Dr. Phillips before, I encourage you to go back and listen to the podcasts that include uh, John on those podcasts. He has a lot of valuable information. Uh, just some background on him. Uh, he's uh, born and raised in uh, Chickasha, Oklahoma. He has a phenomenal practice there uh, that he started back in uh, just after I went, 1996. That's right. And, uh, he started from scratch right out of dental school, uh, which you just don't hear about that too much anymore. Um, he's he's uh, He's, he's been a writer. He's been a speaker. Uh, he's been in dentistry for quite some time. And the thing I like about John is that uh, he, he practices what he preaches. And uh, he's got a phenomenal practice. I've been there multiple times. Uh, John and I have traded information back and forth for over a decade, and we've both benefited greatly from that. And we're always so excited to be able to share what we've learned together uh, over the years to, with other people. So if you'll listen closely, uh, John has some great pearls, and I hope you really enjoy this program. So again, back to the program, John, we're talking about, you know, just really how you talk to people. And, and um, I've, I've thought about in three different categories. I've, I've thought about, well, if you're in a big practice and there's other doctors, I mean, how do you talk to other doctors? Or for that matter, if you're just by yourself, how do you talk to other specialists? Um, and then, of course, how do you talk to your, your staff? Um, there's things that you should and shouldn't say, and how do you promote things and do things in, in a way that's positive? And we're all looking to do things in a, in a positive manner. And then lastly, and of course, how do you talk to your patients? What's the type of things that you uh, can and should say, and what are things that you shouldn't say? So uh, John and I have been doing this for a long time, and some of this is second nature to us, but uh, we were just saying before the show, weren't we, John, that uh, it's just good to review these kind of things because uh, a lot of times you get caught up in the dentistry and, you know, working on teeth uh, that you forget about that, you know, that you're working with people and, and, uh, and, and communicating with people is really what it's all about. You know, you know, it is. And when you think about um, basic building blocks that have, that, that will, will help you grow your practice, uh, etiquette is, is important. When, when you think about, we get focused on marginal integrity, or we get all caught up in, in doing beautiful dentistry and, and are, we're passionate about teeth, but, but wait a minute, there's a person there and there, there's team there and there's other doctors there. How, how how do we back up sometimes and revisit this? And and that's that's why I thought this would be a good topic as well. And and to be honest, my my associate is the one that posed the question to both of us a while back, and he, and I thought did. it was just so powerful. He did, and you know, you, uh, we all know uh, or have heard about the dentist that is like a super great communicator. All his patients love him. 
you happen to see the dentistry that that he's done and it's not so great <laughs> but yet the guy is just killing it yeah and uh and and you know you you kind of turn your nose up at that but we need to take notice um yes. because if you are if you are a, a, a gifted clinician or just even you know good um you owe it to yourself and and to your team and to your patients to really study on how it how important it is to be a great communicator. And Matt, the other thing to that is the guy that you know was was probably voted the hand god of your of your class. Uh, <laughs> he he is everything you wish you could be, but yet he ran his practice into the ground. He can't carry on a conversation with a person, much less tie his own shoes. And so and so somewhere in the middle, there has to be. A, a, a great balance of beautiful dentistry and beautiful communication. And that's what I'm hoping comes out of, comes out of tonight's uh, podcast. So, so it's, it's going to yeah. be good. So what I'd like to do is let's start off with, uh, you know, how do you, what about doctor to doctor? And, um, you know, I, I, I jotted down a few things and, um, you know, in, in terms of if you're in a practice where there's another doctor, so John and I both practice and we've got other doctors in our practices, um, I think it's important that, um, you know, when you're in front of team and when you're in front of, uh, patients is that you don't go, Hey, John, can you come here for a minute? It'd be no, Hey, Dr. Phillips, uh, can I get your opinion on this? And I think that's so important. Um, and maybe I'm a little old fashioned, but you know, John, you're younger than I am. What do you think about that? Well, I'm not that much younger than you, but I will, I will tell you that, the young doctor that just graduated needs to be looked at differently by everybody else in the practice. He's the one that passed the boards. He's the one that studied. He's the one that spent late nights at the library. And he has earned that respect. And that respect should be given to him almost like it is a, a beautiful little baby. It is to be delicately handled in the beginning. Don't take this lightly and don't disrespect him and don't let anybody else disrespect him. And the flip side is that this new little baby can't be whining and screaming all the time either. He has to understand how fragile this respect is. And I, I like this term and I've talk, talked with my associate doctors quite a bit because I believe you have to give respect to get it. Now, when a new doctor comes to the practice, the ground rules are made. Right. This is Dr. Smith. He has joined our practice. We are so excited about having him. And this is how he will be addressed. This is how the game will be played. But if Dr. Smith bumbles that around, or if he, you, you know, if he just fumbles it completely, and if he's not respectful, if he's pouty, if He's not level-headed. Boy, that can sure cause some problems. You know, remember, whether you like it or not, the minute you have a doctor in front of your name, people are watching you. You you may be a five doctor practice, and you're the newest doctor on that team. But yet, all the employees, even if they've been in dentistry ten years, they look up to you and respect you, and they will follow your lead because of that degree that they don't have. So don't take that lightly uh, and, and use that as a springboard to growing in, into a practice. So it starts with, with giving respect. 
Yeah, I, I like that. That's that's excellent. And uh, for you know, if you're a younger doctor and you're listening to this, um, uh, you know, John, you're talking about bumbling it, but sometimes you know the young doctor feels like, well, I'm doctor, so I so I know it all. But that you know, you have to respect that someone that's been in dentistry for ten years and happens to be a dental assistant probably knows a few things that could really help you to be a better doctor. And so, um, so that's, that's important. I wanted to talk a little bit too about when we're talk about a new doctor coming into the practice, whether it's a, a, a new, uh, associate or a new partner. And, um, you know, I've been very blessed to have, uh, two very long-term, uh, associate doctors. And now I've got another, uh, I've got a partner now and, um, you know, people will say, well, how do you keep other doctors in your practice so long? I mean, the average, uh, from what I'm told, the average associate doctor comes and leaves a dental practice in about two years. And to me, that's really sad because, you know, what, one of the things, especially if you're in a practice where you want to set yourself a, apart from a, a corporate type practice where you do have a revolving door of doctors and patients don't like that. So one of the things you need to set yourself apart as is to have a, you know, doctors come and stay. And, and I think what a lot of uh, owner doctors do, and a lot of them don't do it on purpose, is that they forget that they really need to promote this new doctor. They need to edify, build up the new doctor and, um, and to basically to your team initially. And, um, and, and it's not like, well, I'm the senior doctor. And so, you know, I'm the greatest and here's the junior doctor and he or she is the least. It's, it's like, here we brought this great doctor. They're awesome. And, you know, it, it, you know, obviously the staff knows, well, you know, you as a senior doctor might be, you know, great at doing dental implants, but they don't even know what this new doctor is good at. I mean, maybe they're really awesome at, you know, anterior composites, or maybe they're really good at, uh, you know, putting implants in, themselves. You, they don't know. And so you as the senior doctor need to promote that. And, and it, at the very least need to promote the fact that this doctor is here. They've got a great skills, but the best thing about them is they got a great attitude and, at the, and that they're, you know, they're willing to learn. They're willing to learn what we're doing. They're willing to be a part of our culture. They want to be on the team. And so your team is just going to uh, go ahead and follow that. Well, and yeah, yeah, of course your, your team's going to follow that. I, I would add just a couple things to that. Now, number one, we're a sedation practice. And so we always talk to our patients about, about the team approach and we have a mentoring program for our doctors where they, you know, they're going to follow me with sedation patients and they're going to be hands-on. If I, if I can sneak out of the room to go check hygiene or something, I'm going to leave and let them do the work for a while. And that, that, tells the team that I'm all in and that I trust this person. Another thing that I, I have found that works really well is that if if you need any work done yourself, if you really trust this new doctor, even if it's adjusting your occlusion, let them work on you. And then yep. you can say to a patient, yeah, both both of our other doctors are really, really good. They've both worked on me. I can't work on me. They both, but I told a patient that the other day. I said, Mrs. Jones, you know, both of these doctors are really good. Uh, all three of us, we do a team approach. And you know what? Um, I don't work on me. So they've both worked on me. And that's that's the truth. You know, yeah. obviously you wouldn't want to lie about it, but <laughs> you know, that would that would just be the opposite effect. But your team yeah. needs to see that. 
they need right. to see you buying in um, to a to a different level with these people. And yeah, I like that you brought up about the team because uh, so my my team is when a new patient comes into the practice uh, and they're you know kind of showing showing them around and, and introducing them to the you know what we do and everything is is one of the things is they they say you know we have four doctors here and um, and you know they'll identify uh, the owner doctor but they'll say you know there there's this person this person this person and and then and then basically they all work as a team so. So they always introduce that. And then they say, basically, you know, you may see one doctor, you may see all four doctors. It just depends because they work as a team. And when, when they, when the patient hears that, that's a positive thing. That's right. Um, that, that, that they're in a practice where people work as a team and they have a, uh, and they have a staff member that's promoting them and, and, you know, not just having the doctor work on, you know, other doctors, but one of the things that basically I tell, told my new associate doctors, the new doctors coming into the practice, I said, well, when staff needs, when your team needs dentistry, you're going to do it and you're not going to get paid for it um, by dollars. But as the new doctor, you're going to get paid very handsomely uh, by earning the, your, your team's uh, trust and respect. Oh, and absolutely. That's been, that's been really huge. And that is huge. And Team Dental Day, Team Dental Day is a day when when we get out the intraoral camera and, and all three doctors are working on the team and we're taking before, during and after pictures. And I've mm -hmm. seen out of that, a patient comes in that needs X, Y, Z. I have actually seen employees pull up the pictures of their mouth oh, and cool. say, this is what I had. Well, this is what I needed. This is what it looked like before. This is what it looked like during, and this is what it looked like after. And yeah, uh, this this new doctor did a great job. Look how beautiful it looks, and and you know, can you see that old that old old filling for, that was done when I was a kid? And can you see that black hole and that cavity? And, and you know, it takes a special team member to feel good about themselves about what we do, because right. you would. I, I mean, I, I never ask them to do that. I would never ask somebody to do that. But I've seen right. it done. Yeah. I've I've That's seen awesome. it done. Yeah. That's yeah. Awesome. And so, and so, you know, how can we build value? How can we build value with our team and how can we build value with our patients and how is the owner doctor, how can we build value with our, with our new associate doctors or long-term associate doctors? And I think that's, uh, I think etiquette plays a big, big part in that, Matt, don't you? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Let's talk before we move on to uh, our, our teams and, and patients. Let's talk about how do you how do you talk to um, your specialists, the, your oral surgeons, endodontists, periodontists, orthodontists, uh, when you communicate with with them? And and you know we just came off the holidays uh, here, and um, you know your your office tends to fill up with. Uh, you know, big bags of specialty popcorn and uh, meat and cheese and, and cookies and cakes and, and all this stuff. And I always take the opportunity to uh, remind my specialists that I'm grateful for them sending all these treats that, that I try not to eat. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and I uh, let my teams take it and give it away to whatever. But, but what I always run, I always run a little thank you. And I said, you know, thank you for, uh, for, for your gift. We really do appreciate that. And I also appreciate that, um, that you promote, uh, you know, 
what we do to our patients when we refer them in. And, and I, and I always say that, but I, when I get them on the phone, I always remind them too. I go, you know, thanks a lot for sending things. I really, you know, you're really great. Uh, you're really great. You did a great surgery for my patient, but, but, you know, I it would, you know, I really would appreciate it if uh, all you had to do is basically say one or two sentences and, and you know, it goes something like this is Mrs. Jones, I'm, I'm really uh, glad to have you here today. I just want you to know that, you know, Dr. Vandermolen is a really great dentist, period. That's all they have to say. So what does that do? Mm. So, so what does that do? Basically, that's all for, for me, that promotes you as the, as the referring dentist. But most importantly, what it does is it solidifies that patient's decision that they did choose Dr. Phillips or Dr. Vandermolen as their dentist. Because it, it, and maybe a lot of times it might be a fairly new patient, right? That you're like, oh, you know, you've got all these things. We've got to get you the specialist and kind of, you know, <laughs> clean house a little bit first to get yeah. these things done. And so now they've been thrown to the specialist, but they figure out oh, a specialist, they, you know, they probably know what they're doing. And so if that specialist turns around and goes, man, your general dentist, he's, he's a, he's a great dentist. She's a great dentist. What does that do? That just, that helps them feel better about themselves and in, in making their decision. And it feel, makes them feel better about, you know, you, of course. And it's just two sentences that they say, thank you for coming here to see me. And, yeah. you know, by the way, your dentist is really a great dentist. And they can do that for every dentist that refers them because they didn't say he's the best dentist in Springfield. He's the no. best dentist in Chickasha. They just said he's a great dentist. That's right. And, um, and I've tried to work with this and, and, and the, the, when that happens, it's always so great because the patient will come back and they'll go, yeah, I saw, you know, I saw Dr. X and, uh, oh, by the way, he's, he said, you're a great dentist. And, well, and, we, we've all probably, if you've practiced dentistry for a long time, you have that one or two nightmare scenarios where you find out that the specialist sent the patient somewhere else. And, um, you know, maybe they, they didn't realize that the patient came. I, I honestly called a surgeon once and I said, okay, tell me exactly what happened. What do you mean? Well, tell me exactly what happened with this patient. Right. And he was so embarrassed because he yeah. didn't even realize, you know, the, the patient had been seeing a dentist for a very, very, very long time, drove a ways to see me because in Oklahoma, we're, we can be a little geographical, geographically challenged. And so I sent the patient to Oklahoma City to the specialist. Well, he sent yeah. the patient back to her original dentist yeah. okay. just out of not understanding. And, you know, it could have been the patient's right. issue. But that I, I like what you're saying because, because you want that you want that specialist to realize that, hey, I want to keep sending to you. It's important yes. that I keep sending to you. And the more people you will help send it. See, when they tell that patient, man, you're, you're, you're being treated by a great dentist, then that patient is liable to go back to their little small town and tell them, wow, that specialist told me that this guy's a good guy. You got to go here. Yeah. And, and guess what? You might be able to refer more dentistry to that specialist because of what they're doing for you. And, and so, you know, being positive, having proper etiquette, being professional, you know, that, that lifts up everybody. Yeah, I think if, that's if, the key if for, some, if for some reason, a specialist dentist does listen to this, I'm telling you that would be the single most best thing that you could do to build your practice. For sure. It will, it will definitely get back to the general dentist and they will definitely refer back to you. Yes. Well, let's move on a little bit and talk about 
you know, how do we talk to our teens? And oh, I'm excited. I, I'm, I'm ready for this one, Matt. <laughs> okay. Good. Yes. Good. So, well, why don't you start it off then? What, you know, if you had, if I said, Hey John, what, what's, what's the most important thing that you think are that about talking to your team? What, what just jumps into your head immediately? Well, 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 it's like this, you're going to have a, a weekly or a monthly meeting and I am a football fanatic. And so I'm going to walk in and in my dream scenario, I've got a clipboard and I've got a pen and, and, or maybe a chalkboard back in the old days, they had a chalkboard yeah. Yeah. Uh, t- today on the sidelines, they may have an iPad, but no, they've got a chalkboard or, or they've got a clipboard and I'm going to walk in and I'm going to yell and scream at them and I'm going to throw it on the ground and I'm going to get them motivated. And there are days when I want them, there are days when I want them to line up so we can run bleachers. Matt, I'm serious. We all have Wait. felt like this before, you know? And so when you told me you wanted to talk about this, I just thought about running bleachers. I thought to myself, I thought, man, line them up, people, line them up. But you know what? I, I don't have a bunch of young high school boys that I'm trying to lead. I'm trying to empower and I'm trying to grow. I don't have that. So I don't, I don't think, think I, have, I don't think you have any bleachers either. Do you? Do you have bleachers? Let me tell you something. <laughs> there is a football stadium. Everybody listening to this right now, there's a football stadium close by. Okay. I promise you. In America. Yeah, I've, been football, I've been to your football stadium. It's just down the road. It's yeah, just okay. down the road. And so, and so I don't think that's a strategy that works, but man, wouldn't that be great sometimes? Just, you know, you, we're going to do a team building exercise today. What are you going to do? We're going to go run bleachers. That would be fun. Yes. Yes. And put a spin on it. We'll, we'll, we'll quote our core values or our mission statement or, you know, while we're running bleachers, I don't know. Yeah. That would never go over well. No. It would not go over well. How do, how do we, how do we lead by example? How do we constantly look at, look at training our team? Let let me not say it that way. How, maybe, maybe not just growing the practice, but expanding the team or really how do we continue to grow our team culture? People want a safe place, Matt. Employees want a safe place. Go ahead. And we've talked about it before. Uh, a lot of things and, and people try to pin me down on, what, you know, what, what is it really that's important here? And, and somehow I keep circling around to culture. And um, it always goes back to that. It always, doesn't it always? It, it does. And, and I know both you and I and, and, and several other dentists that have been around for a while, we all wish we would have learned that lesson way earlier. It would have made our lives so much better. We would have been working uh, in a much better environment. Uh, for ourselves and our teams. And, and, uh, you know, we've talked about some podcasts before that, that, that you really start off with a culture of courtesy. And what you talked about, we talked about the doctor thing is that respect. Um, it's a simple please and thank you uh, to the point where, you know, you, almost everything you say is please and thank you. And you just be amazed at how courteous and how helpful and how friendly everybody becomes. And, um, so when you're dealing with teams and, and I found it out, my, my, my first practice that I went to out of the Navy, I, I said, please, and thank you to my assistant who was handing me instruments. And, and she was like, she took me aside afterwards and said, you're the first doctor that's ever said, please. And thank you for instruments. I mean, she, it just blew her mind and, um, and she loved it. 
and yeah. she responded to it. So, uh, so if, if you're wondering about the, all this culture stuff and, oh, that's hard, I got to write down my mission state and my culture and all that. No, just start off with being courteous. Say, there you go. Thank you. And try it and, and work with your team on that. Uh, you'll be amazed at, at, at where that goes. I got to say something here because they will be amazed at where that goes. Yeah. However, however, your employees, they want a safe place. Absolutely. And they want a place where they can feel empowered and they, they can feel like they can grow. But that safety can be started just by simple etiquette. Yes. And, and then, then I, I believe that, you know, maybe, maybe you're a big, heavy, heavy type A personality, but you're polite and kind. But when it's time to go, it's time to go. I mean, we're going, we're, we're doing dentistry now we're going, but I'm still saying please. And thank you. Well, some of your team will pick up on that quickly. And when they need to visit with you about a subject, just because of your politeness, you will be more accessible to them. I agree. Yes, absolutely. Um, and though, you know, again, they feel respected and the safety thing is, um, you know, there's a lot of things that build in that and that's probably a whole topic for another podcast. Yeah. Um, but I think, uh, and part of that too is, um, so what's, what's beyond, okay, please. And thank you. What, what's beyond that? Um, you know, that's, that's a cornerstone, but the other cornerstone is basically that you're promoting and uplifting, uh, all the oh, time. That's good. That is good. Yes. Yes. And, all uh, the time. And, and that's so important that um, because your team, again, they want to feel safe. Well, if you're promoting them and you're uplifting them and you're saying, hey, that was really good what you did over there, uh, or I really appreciate that you do that, um, boy, guess what? They want to do more. Um, and, and so many people get caught up with their teams about, oh, you know, it's another year. They're going to want another raise and, and all that. Um, I would argue, and I had this conversation with a very successful dentist just last night. Uh, and he, he said, you know, um, he says, I'm finally getting it. He goes, he goes, I can't believe how well my team is responding to basically having the opportunity to, to, to sort of shine in what they do. And then to sort of take, take control of that. And, and, and he used that word to be, to feel safe, to make decisions and those kind of things. He goes, they they're loving it. It's like the best I've ever seen my team. That's so, an empowered team. That's what that is. Yeah, exactly. That, that is a, that is an empowered team. And you know, you, you're talking about promoting and uplifting the team. And I, I think we all get so busy, you know, you know, you wear two hats and you don't know it. I wear two hats and I, I, I mean, sometimes you don't know, do you have the leadership hat on or do you have the clinical dentist hat on? When my clinical dentist hat hat is on, some of this stuff gets thrown out the window. And so you have to learn to try to put both hats on or when you have the leadership hat on, you, you, you know, if you compliment people and promote people, they will want to do more of what you're promoting them to do or what you're more of what... Uh, if I like you better when I'm around you, then Matt, I want to be around you more. If I like myself better when I'm around you, if I like myself better when I'm around my team, or if my team likes themselves better when they come to work because it's a safe place, then it's not because you're dogging them all the time. That doesn't work. Right. That, That is so key. 
um, what you, what you just said, that is so key, um, that, that they like themselves better because they're around that kind of environment. And then again, that all circles around, uh, you know, to what is your culture? Is your culture, uh, something that people want to be in? I mean, let's face it. Why do cultures even form? Well, it's a bunch of people that, that share, you know, values and likes and dislikes and that becomes a culture. So that's all part of that. And, yeah, but, and you gotta, you gotta, as the doctor, you gotta live in it. So, yeah, you know, yeah but make no mistake, so, your practice is going to have a culture. It's going to have a culture. I mean, absolutely. whether, whether the doctor is a bumbling idiot, there, there'll be a culture there. It's, right. It may not be a culture that's safe or empowering or, or, I mean, there's going to be a culture there. And that doctor is leading by example, whether you like it or not. With you guys listening, you're leading by example. I don't care what you think, but you know it's a good example. It's a bad example. You can be courteous, you can be kind, or you can be a horse's rear. You know, yeah. that's up to you. Yeah, I'm glad you brought it up that way. You're exactly right. There's always a culture. Um, it, yeah, <laughs> good yeah. point. Yeah, just like if you don't make a decision, you still make a decision, right? You made the decision not to make a decision, and then so you live with those consequences. So same that's right. This. If you just let the culture build itself, then that that's a problem. So um, in terms of talking to uh, back and forth with staff, um, I just want to mention that I think it's important that that the the staff should call you doctor. Uh, Dr. Phillips, Dr. Vandermolen, uh, that that should be just uh, the ordinary things, just like uh, we talk. And, and, and I don't know if I really said this, but when we talk about that, the doctor should be uh, all called doctor. But when I address the other doctors in my, my, my office in front of team, in front of patients, I always use, hey, you know, hey, uh, you need to take that up with Dr. Phillips. Uh, take, take a look at that. And I, it just, again, that's part of the respect thing. I think that's a courtesy. Um, and uh, I just think that that's so important. It's building a basic, basic foundation. You're building that culture right from the very, very start. It has to be that way. I, I can't see any other way that has a as good or as strong of an outcome than starting it that way, right, right from the start. Thanks for right. bringing that up because, because you you know the young the young associate doctor that or, or maybe you hire someone that's been at it 15 years. It doesn't matter. They're new to this practice. Right. And so that that is part of what I would call the basic building blocks or the basic foundation of your practice, part of part of the culture. Right. And I think as a new doctor comes in from from their viewpoint, too, is that, that they want to be liked. And, and, you know, I guess I'm talking to the younger doctors and I'm going to say, especially I'm talking to the younger women, women doctors, is that. Uh, team, because they're mostly women in most cases, they'll want to they'll want to push that a little bit. They'll want to go, they'll, if, you know, if it's Susan or, or, you know, Mary, or those are all old names. What are new names? Like Adele? <laughs> <laughs> Tell me what's the new names now? What's the names of people that are <laughs> 25 now? But, um, but, but anyway, the, the team will push that and they'll try to call you by their first name. And, 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 uh, you know, I took my, my associate doctor, when she started 11 years ago, I took her aside and I, I kind of warned her about this. And, and she's brought that up several times since that to remind me that, you know, that was a good thing that, that she really needed to be reminded of that. And whether you're male or female and you're, you're young, 
um, you want to be liked, but the way to, the way the path of like being liked and respected is some things that we've already talked about. But the other the other dangerous point about what do you talk to with team is and and I bring this up uh, all the time is that you want to in your conversation with your team you want to be friendly but not familiar, and this is something that I learned from my days in the in the in the Navy, uh, in the military. If you're an officer, which is a dentist, you're an officer. Um, you can't fraternize with the enlisted. And so what that means is, you know, you don't go out on dates with them. You don't hang around with them. Uh, you're certainly friendly with them, um, but you don't become familiar with their lives. And in the military, that it, if you dated an enlisted person as an officer, uh, you, you could be thrown in the brig. So they take it that seriously and, and it's important in the ranks. And that sounds kind of harsh, um, but I, I think that, um, that personal things have their place and um, certainly there should be no personal talk uh, really in front of the patient, other than if it's something that the patient could participate in. For instance, hey, did you see the Super Bowl this weekend and including the patient um, in, in that particular conversation? But you shouldn't be ask, asking each other how was their weekend in front of the patient. Right. Gosh, gosh, you know, there's you you can just think of so many potential horror stories that that could come out of that. Your voice carries people out in the hallway, people walking down the hall. I mean, you right. if you're going to have a patient centered practice and, and you think about a bubble, that patient has to be in the center. It's the nucleus of that bubble and everything around that nucleus might be spinning around. But when you're with that patient, you're with that patient. You have to be there and shame on us. If, if we're doing anything outside of that and, and, you know, even if we're on a sedation patient and the patient's out, maybe they're, they're snoring, whatever, it doesn't matter. I mean, but we still have to have a certain level of professionalism. Now, the flip side would be if you're working on a patient that may not be sedated and they're like, yeah, let's talk about football. Let's do anything to get my mind off of it. And and I'm like, okay, let's talk about it. And right. my hands are in your mouth and, and I'm looking at you and you and I are experiencing nonverbal communication, even though I'm doing all the talking and maybe I'm tapping you on the shoulder. Like, dude, can you, can you believe how good that guy played? Or, right. or, you know, can you believe that there's a, the, the, there's bad weather coming or whatever it is. Right. And then, and then you might, you might, you, you know, you might kick your assistant and say, come on, jump in the conversation with us. And, and now we're all kind of dancing, dancing together with that patient. Centered and then it the becomes patient. a beautiful thing. Yeah. It has like to going be. Back, going back to what you said uh, about, you know, going down the halls and doing things like that. I just want to remind everybody that when the patient is sitting in an operatory, they hear everything. everything. Everything because, because all their senses are on high alert because they're generally a little bit scared or apprehensive or nervous. And when you're that, all your senses are on high alert. And so you just hear everything. Yeah. So, so I just want to remind everybody that, and in, in most dental offices, we're a pretty open environment. We have, op, you know, we're open operatories into the hallways. Um, so that's so important. Yeah. And, you know, it goes without saying that we shouldn't be talking about, you know, politics and religion and uh, certainly sex and unclean jokes and uh, you know, all those in, or innuendos or any kind of thing that's sort of a private joke, you know, a personal joke in between you. You don't want to be doing any of that in front of the patient. No. Um, and if you, if you feel good about talking to your dad 
or your mom or especially your grandma, that's probably okay to talk about, especially if it's your grandma. I mean, when you think about what, you know, I mean, and believe it or not, it could be grandma sitting in the chair. It could be grandma across the hall. And right. we, we, we talk about this all the time because we want people to feel like if I, if I brought my employees on right now and I said, I said, Kylie, we want our patient, when they come here, we want them to feel like what? She's going to say grandma's house. If I say Shania, if we have people come here and you know, patients come here, how do we want them to feel? She would say like they're at grandma's house. How do you feel when you're at grandma's house? And, and you know, you, you think about being polite and kind and loving and being there for people. You know, we, one thing you haven't hit on is the morning meeting because guess what? I'm going to, tomorrow morning, I may have an employee that shows up and, and they had a, had a bad day yesterday and they stubbed their toe and now they come to the morning meeting and, and that's the time for them to talk about, yeah, yesterday I was running bleachers at the football stadium. I stubbed my toe, you know, that's when they're going to say that and get it out in the morning meeting. Or they might say, yeah, I came home yesterday and my dog died and I'm all emotional about it. Well, get it out then because what you brought up a minute ago is crucial. That patient in your chair is on high alert. They don't care that your dog died. They don't care that you, that you stubbed your toe. They're about to get a needle in the gum in their gums and they're scared to death about it. You have to put all that stuff away in the morning meeting. I have a, I have a young lady, her brother's going through chemo. And let me tell you, some of our morning meetings, you know, we're praying over her. some of our morning meetings as a group. We're loving on this beautiful little girl and, and we've had, had employees go through breast cancer and we live life together. And I'm not saying to foo-foo any of that stuff away. We love our employees. Everybody matters, right, Matt? Right. Everybody but the flip matters. side is yeah. everybody matters, but you walk out of that morning meeting. I'm going to lift, I'm going to lift you up because I'll give you a bad day. I'll give you a bad week. And and God forbid, if you're going through cancer or going through something major, we're going to hold your hand through that process. But when you're with that patient, you got to be on stage. Yeah. And if, if if anybody listening to this misses that, then Matt, you and I haven't done a good job because you have to be here now. When, you know, when the best athletes in the world are performing their craft, I remember watching Michael Jordan shooting baskets, shooting free throws. It's, it's famous. He's shooting free throws with his eyes closed yeah. and he's in a zone he's and it's the zone. middle of the game and he's dribbling the ball. He closes his eyes and he shoots the free throw. And of course he makes it. Then he dribbles the ball and he's, he's shooting two and he shoots it and he makes it. He can visualize his craft. He's doing what he does so strong. Do you think he's worried about, about maybe, I don't know much about Michael Jordan, but do you think that professional athletes worried about their dog dying or they're worried about whatever, whatever? I know I'm not no. using good examples here, but no, when they're on stage, they're on stage. And, and here's yeah, what makes your point is good. And, and about Michael Jordan, I, I watched an interview with him once and, and he, he said that one of the things that he loved about basketball was that when he was on the court, he, he wasn't thinking about, Yes. Anything else. That's right. And and he said, and he said, and he says, when other athletes talk about being in the zone, he didn't really understand that until he 
until he understood that when you're in the zone and you're just you're just really focused on one thing. I mean, in, in today's society, we're you know we're supposed to be multitaskers. We've got technology. We're getting bombarded by stuff, and that's that stresses people out. And so so here's this guy that's a superstar, and you think, man, he's out there. He's got to perform. He's got to be at his best. That must be stressful. And and what he said was, no, there was no stress in there. It was mm. all, it, he, he goes, I felt the best I've ever felt in my life when I'm on the basketball court. And so, you know, if you think about that and, and, and you're in your dental office and you're really focused on, you know, doing what you do best at the clinical dentistry and, and just all the, the whole ballet that goes along with that, all these things we're saying, it sounds all complicated, it sounds stressful, but really if your focus is on, on the patient and you're all that together, that's a great feeling. And, mm. you know, today I had a day like that. It was just the patients just seemed, you know, we, we really connected all these things and maybe because I was preparing for this podcast in my mind, thinking about this stuff <laughs> and subconsciously I was yeah. doing things better than I was supposed to, but see, but I know that feeling being, you in can't go through, you, you cannot go through the motions. I love Bill Belichick of the new England Patriots. If you watch him on the sideline, he tells people do your job. He talks to the lineman, do your job. He talks to the quarterback, do your job. And then he'll say, I've heard him say this many times, if all 11 players on the field, if they all run that one play and all 11 players execute and do their job perfectly, you will score a touchdown every single time that happens. Yeah. And and that's the hard part because we're asked to perform every single day. Every single day we walk in that operatory with a patient that really doesn't want to be there or they're scared or they know the needle's coming, whatever it is. Maybe they were traumatized as a kid, but we have to be on point. And that's where I like, like you talking about professionalism and what you talk about in the hallway and how you talk to your employees and how you include the patient in everything that you do. How can you show love and kindness to your team but doing it in a way that promotes not just your practice, but promotes the patient and promotes the team. It's not easy. Right. But, and, and, you know, and I'm glad you brought that up a little bit. So that's, that's something that that's an easy way actually when, you know, patients, you know, a lot of times I'm sure you get it all the time as a patient goes, wow, you know, that, that was, you know, that was really great. That, that didn't buy, you know, I had all these worries about how bad it was going to be. My first instinct is, is I'll say thank you, but, but I don't really take the credit. I always turn it to whoever's in the room with me. That's oh, good. You know, that was great. You had Kelsey today for his, for the assistant, you know, so you were really blessed today with that, mm. <laughs> you know, and, and they always kind of give you a look like, yeah, okay. But they eat that up or mm-hmm. the hygienist or whatever. Someone brought them, brought them in or, or, you know, and, and, uh, and we even had one today. It was, uh, it, it was, was it with Kelsey and Kelsey piped up because the patient said something about that. She goes, well, that's because you have me as assistant. I go, yeah, that's exactly, <laughs> you know, she beat me to it. So uh, I love it. we all had a laugh about that, but you know, but, but you know, that's real positive. And, and, you know, the one thing that, and this goes back to the courtesy thing, but it goes to the respect thing. If you're a patient and every patient, I don't care what they say, has some apprehension about being there. They're, they're on their back, you know, with their mouth open, their neck exposed. It's not a good position to be in. Um, and so just inherently they're, they're nervous. And how do you feel 
when you've got these people coming in at you and maybe they're just kind of indifferent to each other or you feel some hostility that one is not having a bad day compare that to two people that are really working together really promoting each other just seem to just like to be there i mean they may say something like man you guys are crazy you actually look like you like love this stuff and but in their head they're going man i love that these people love this stuff i mean that's right any other way as the patient so that communication is so important but when you think about the perfect day you had a great day today ever all cylinders were clicking it was a great day those of you that are watching right now or i'm sorry listening right now you're not watching you're listening in your car you're driving to work you're thinking about your day what does your perfect day look like, taste like, feel like, and how can you get your mind ready for it? Because 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 Dr. Vandermolen just brought up that he was preparing for this podcast, so it caused him to refocus on big picture things, like how to be nice, like how to lead and empower and grow, how to give praise to his team and take all the blame. That's really what he said. If there's a problem, it's my fault. If they do good, Absolutely. they're the ones that do good. And so if I'm going to have a perfect day every single day, let's, let's start defining that. And it does. It starts with, it starts with being nice. It starts with being polite. It starts with walking in that office and literally walking in and fist bumping every single employee say, I'm ready for the day. Are you ready? You know, you know, Matt, I, you know about the blue angels, right? Right. Yeah. I, I actually, my, I was in the Navy and I served at Pensacola. Um, it's my last tour of duty and that's where the blue angels are. And I actually got to see them as dental patients and, and, and on the base. So yeah, I have a lot of respect for the blue angels. And, and I saw a video once and you, you probably want to speak more on this than me, but it was a blue angel and he was talking about attitude and being positive. And he brought up the point that in their pre-flight meeting, when they all walk in, they're going to walk in and say, Hey, how you doing? Oh, I'm great today. I'm excited. Well, me too. I'm, this is going to be awesome. And they, you know what, if you and I were going to fly jet airplanes that cost millions and millions of dollars, and we're going to be two feet away from each other. And we walk in and I say, Hey Matt, how you doing? And you say, Oh, I don't know. I'm kind of hung. I'm kind of hung over. I stayed up late, stayed up late last night, binge, binge watching. I'd rather not be here. You know, you think about the perfect day. Those guys better have it. Their life is on the line. It certainly is. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Great, great group of people. Great, uh, great lesson just to be around them and and how they operate. Um, It's, you know, a whole uh, being around any kind of precision team. So Mm. same thing with uh, the Marine Corps with the, uh, you know, the the drum and bugle corps. and watching them operate. Uh, if, if you get to go to Washington DC sometime and this, all this stuff blows over, there's the Marine Corps. It's at eighth and I streets. Um, they're the premier, mm. uh, group with, with the, the, the rifles and the swords and all that stuff. And, and, uh, but just amazing. And they all have to be on and it's a great feeling. I mean, it, it makes you almost cry when you see how they, they do that because you can just feel the emotion and what they yeah. do. So, yeah. And we, and, you know, again, I, I, some people may see, think this is all foo-foo, but let's, I've been in, out of a lot of dental offices and let's just say you, you've been in, it, it, all of us have been in, in and out of a lot of stores or you've been in and out, out of a, a lot of restaurants. As soon as you step in a place of business within seconds, 
you know if something's going on there, right? You can right. feel an energy in that. So true. Place. So true. And, and in a dental office, it's the same thing. And do you want to be part of positive energy or do you want to be part of negative energy? Especially if you're the patient, <laughs> you don't want to be part of any kind of negative energy. Well, it's not so, like you're going to go put, buy shoes or something. I mean, this uh, that's so true. If you're going to go buy shoes and they're, they're, they're not very nice, okay, just walk out. But if, yeah. if you're going to have work, get worked on, I mean, uh, and, and I was a patient. I had to have some cancer removed off my nose this past July. Right. And you know what? You just don't walk in there thinking, hip, hip, hooray, they're going to cut on my nose today. You don't think that. And, 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 and you know what? I, I hope they had a good day. And when you walk well, in, you just from what you look like now, I think they had a good day. So they had a good day. Yeah. Yeah. But, but you know what? Nobody wants to go. You, you, we're in the business that, that, even my kids going to the orthodontist at times are like, oh, I don't really want to go. I don't really want to go. So, so, and, and that's just, just some bands and wires, you know, that you think they've got it easy, but everybody else, I'm getting my wisdom teeth out today. I'm getting implants today. What they're really saying is I'm going to be cut on and I'm going to be numb and, and I'm scared. And is it going to hurt? And will they be able to get me numb? And, and all these fears are going on and they don't need any more than that. That is enough. When they get to grandma's house, they should feel better about themselves. They, their, their questions should be answered. Their fears should be subsided to some degree. Right. I mean, that's, that's what we want to do. You're right. Some, you know, when you walk in, you know, when you walk in, you, you just know it when you walk in yeah. and, um, the, so let's, let's end with just some, maybe some basic verbal things, uh, cues and things to say. You know, what do you say to patients? Uh, you know, you got they've got all these things on. So, what types of things um, do you do you say to these to these people? Um, and I, I would say that um, one thing that I learned, I, I had uh, an injury to my elbow early in my career, and I had to go see a physician. And uh, he, you know, he specialized in in, in uh, you know finding where the nerve damage was and he literally has this thing that kind of shocks you to find it and everything so we think we have something bad and he literally has to sort of shock people to find out what's going on so it's not a very great thing but the his name is uh dr trudeau and i'm, I'm and i'm and it was ironic because he came into my office today as a patient and dr trudeau is one of these guys that he just can't compliment you enough mm. and and the staff it drives them crazy sometimes because they're like you know when he comes in it's like a whirlwind of you know coming in he, he comes in and he always has like he always has some kind of gift so today he bought in a case of animal crackers for whatever reason so Are you serious? He, yeah, he brings that in. He goes, he goes, I left him in the box because he's done it before where he throws out the boxes of animal crackers. So he knows give a gift, but this time he left them all in the, in the, the whole case. He bought a whole case. He goes for your safety during COVID. I left these in the case. So, and then, and then he brought a bottle of wine in from one of my associate doctors and he's telling, well, this is from uh, Angelina Jolie. She has a vineyard and, and I have, you know, my, he has a business, he has a brewery as well. And he says, well, I was able to, so I brought this in because I knew Dr. Uh, you know, Driscoll would like this. And, and, uh, but the, when I first met him as a patient before he was my patient was that he literally goes through his exam and then he would read when he would do his dictation, his notes, he'd do it right in front of you. 
and everything would be positive things. And at the time I was a young man, he goes, this outstanding young man who is, a, is an outstanding uh, dentist. And in the time I was in Rushville, Illinois, and practices, you know, uh, comprehensive dentistry, all these other things that I was putting in, I'm thinking, oh, the person that has to type all this stuff in is like, come on, get to the point. But the point was, is that he was building you up as a patient. So do wow. you think all his patients love him? Absolutely. Mm. Uh, and, and, uh, so I, I love that. And he might take it to an extreme, but I don't think really that you can ever compliment people too much, uh, especially dental patients, especially dental team. Um, so I just want, again, you should be building people up and at the very least you can compliment them. I, I had a lady today, she was kind of shocked because she started talking about some things and, and she was, it was yesterday, I'm sorry. She's, she was coming in, she broke a tooth off her denture. She was so apologetic. She goes, I just, and she had done it just a few months ago. She broke another tooth. I go, it's okay. You know, we could, oh, but I'm just so embarrassed. And, and I looked down at her shoes. She had some pretty cool blue shoes. I go, hey, those are pretty cool blue shoes. And she's like, what? You know, she just couldn't believe that, you know, that, 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 that I was happy to just promote something that mm. she had done well wow. um, basically it turned the conversation around she's a pie okay it's okay but you know what you, you've got some really cool shoes on and she's like it, it kind of shocked her but it brought a big smile to her face and uh turned the conversation around can, can i say something real quick i know we're, we're in in this but yeah. but i i had something written down uh and you never know what direction these are going to go but i do believe that chivalry still exists in this world at least in Oklahoma, holding the door open for somebody, saying please and thank you. We we have two examples. We we have lots of patients that come to us, but there's two examples of two men that are both uh, upper age. One one's probably 55, the other's probably 65. One has a mullet and wears Wranglers and cowboy boots, and the other guy uh, dresses very professionally. Both of these guys are always the most kind and polite. They're never late. They're always on time. If they're late, they call. They both, um, when they come, the girls, the, the, the team want to visit. They want to see them because they take a genuine concern in human beings, whether it's me or my assistant. They remember names. These two gentlemen are always in control of, of themselves. They're always well put together in Wrangler jeans and in cowboy boots or whatever they're wearing. What's my point? And yes, I said the guy has a mullet. They both, they both own multiple, multiple types of aircrafts like Lear jets. They both have businesses that do really, really well. And when I say they come into the office, they're going to listen. They're going to listen politely and they're going to make an educated decision and they're going to go up and write a check. And you know, really who's in control, they're in control, but they're never cocky. They're never arrogant. They're never anything but nice and right. polite. That and is their standard and that is their way with everyone. And there's a reason there's a reason they are who they are. And right. I believe so, that. So, and it, it's interesting, you know, you say, well, they have, you know, their own jets and stuff. So they're obviously wealthy. They're obviously successful, but even You without, would never know it, Matt. You yeah, would never without, know it. Without knowing those things though, that's how you recognize a successful person, right? 
Exactly. The way they handle themselves, the way they handle others. Yes. You know that's a successful person. And it doesn't necessarily have to be in wealth, but they're a successful person. They're, yeah. they're touching other people's lives. They're making a difference, whether it comes back to them in, in, uh, in a monetary way or whether it just comes back to them uh, just in the satisfaction of being able to help other people. They're successful people. But they're consistent. I've right. been treating both of these guys. I say both of them. I can, th- I can, now I'm thinking of four five, six different gentlemen, sure. just like this. Yeah. They're gentlemen and they're, they're, they're even keeled. Right. Always, always. And, and, uh, they, I, you know. I, have to t- I have to tell you, John though. So, so I've met people from all over the country and I, I have yet to meet anybody from Oklahoma that, that doesn't already have a head start on all this stuff that, that you're talking about. And, and sometimes I think, well, you know, if you're in a dental practice, isn't it just kind of going to be, you know, here you are with John Phillips and this great dental practice. Are, are people really going to notice that much? I mean, isn't that just kind of the way of people in in Oklahoma anyway? Um, What would you say to that? I would say both of those guys I just described, uh, one drives an hour and the other guy, um, if he's driving, it's an hour and a half. If he flies, it's 15 minutes. And mm-hmm. and those guys have been coming to me forever. And they found me. That's the point. Um, right. the, one, of, one of them, his childhood friend was his dentist forever. And he, he came to me and, 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 you know, he's been coming to me for probably 14 years. That's not, the point is, is that every little thing matters because those guys, that type of person, They'll see through you, Matt Vandermolen, if you're not doing it the right way. That's They'll right. They've got all these skills quickly. down. They've got they, all these skills down, and they know it and they recognize it. And what's cool right. about those kind of guys too is they'll they'll let you know that too, and that you're doing the right thing. And and that's I've right. had that a few times from from patients who I know are very. And that's really cool. And they'll say something, and you're like, you know, good. I, I you know, people who really know they they'll voice it to you. Other people will appreciate it, but they might not even know the words to say to that. So and they don't even get it. Yeah. That's an outstanding example. Thanks John, for letting me share we're that. Of, yeah. We're out of time. Um, all great information. Um, this is the kind of thing that, uh, that, uh, you know, I'm going to listen to it again because I picked up some, some great, uh, thoughts from, from you, John, and I really appreciate you. And, uh, and until next time, uh, uh, thank you very much, everybody. And I look forward to talking with you again. Thanks, Matt, for having me. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. You've been listening to the Dental Master Series, a periodic podcast on timely and stimulating topics for the success-driven dentist. You can find more Dental Master Series podcasts at sunrisedentalsolutions.com or by searching for the Dental Master Series on your favorite podcast app. The Dental Master Series was created by Sunrise Dental Solutions an exclusive community of highly successful practicing dentists who have succeeded through different paths, working as a group to meet the collective needs of their clientele. To learn more about how Sunrise Dental Solutions can optimize your practice and assist you in defining and achieving your vision, call 1-800-750-0737 or visit sunrisedentalsolutions.com.